This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Volpe, he's very poised, man. First of all, he seems to be now, you know, I live in Jersey, obviously, T, you know that. Mm -hmm. We both live in New Jersey. And, you know, being involved in baseball now on the, at the, at the youngest level, USABL, et cetera. I bumped into a bunch of people the last two years that know the Volpe family. Uh, maybe not best friends, but have come into contact enough and, and have been able to watch them over the years, watching their son, to at least talk a little bit about that, how, how grounded they are and the infrastructure and how they've insulated him, and he's just a really good kid. So I'm not surprised when Anthony Volpe, when he was asked about you know Jeter comparisons, he very quickly diffused it and said there'll never be another Derek Jeter, all right? And... Listen, I don't know if Volpe's eventually, and I, I think he will, but I, I can't tell anybody today if Volpe's going to be able to hit that 92-mile-per-hour slider on the black mm-hmm. uh, or turn on 98 cheese inside. I, I think he will, but until we see it, we don't know. I'm pretty confident if Volpe does not become the player that we think he will be, it will not be because of character. It will be baseball-related, which I don't believe either, but I think he's wired perfectly. So when he says what he said about Jeter, it makes sense, although I would disagree, though. Like, when you say there's not going to be another Jeter, you can already make the case that Aaron Judge is another Jeter in terms of character, how he carries himself, and production. But I also think he's talking about winning. Like, one of the reasons the legends of Jeter, legend of Jeter, is that they they won so much. Now, he wasn't all because of him, but he was a part of a lot of winning with with the Yankees. And I think... Unfortunate as it is, that's how we judge people. That's how we judge basketball players, baseball players, football players, especially quarterbacks in the NFL. Like you end up judging people by how much they won. And I think with, I'm trying to think if there'll ever if that'll ever happen in Major League Baseball again. Like that that series of of well, first of all, the farm system that almost completely came to fruition. And then the championships that followed because of it. I don't know if that'll happen in any sport ever. So, I, so I, when I hear him say that, that's what I'm thinking of. It's not mm. about the you know the the man that Jeter is, right? The way he carried himself, the leader, the you know, character, all that stuff. It's more about it's a combination of that with the winning. The winning just isn't going to happen that much anymore, and for any team in any sport. Interesting interpretation. No, I respect where you're coming from. That's that's. Uh... 
uh, that's that's a good way to look at it. I would disagree, though, uh, that that's how we view baseball players. I don't think we view baseball players that way at all. I think, and I'll give you a couple of historical examples. No, so, I, I don't disagree with you. I know where you're going, and right. I don't disagree. But I'm saying it is part of the legend of Derek Jeter. Yes, but, but okay, but unless I misunderstood, you also said that that's how we judge players, about championships. You said baseball, football, and I don't agree. That's how we don't view baseball players that way. Not that it's not a part of the conversation, but like with quarterbacks, if you don't win a Super Bowl, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a star goalie, like as great as Lundquist was, he never won the cup, mm-hmm. and it's a different different elevation. Even though he was an amazing player in baseball, some of our most revered players have no champ. Like Tony Gwynn, behind Ted Williams, is the second greatest hitter to ever walk the planet. Yeah, he never won a World Series. Yeah, that's a lot because because of how great he was. I understand that, but that, I, I get how that. the stats are. I understand that. Yeah, baseball. Uh, no, you're right because baseball, you can point to stats. Yeah, well, other, exactly. other things. Okay, other things you can't point to. Other sports you can't point. Well, to no, the that's stats. why I was, I was just pushing back yeah, on they that. Just, they just don't matter. Yeah, right? stats don't matter. Winning matters. Uh, yeah, so Ernie Banks never, you know, never won. It didn't matter. Even Nolan Ryan, who won only one with the Mets, was not even a huge factor with those Mets teams. He really couldn't throw strikes back then. It's funny. I don't. The only man. Now that I really think about it, the only baseball player that I truly like judge through the prism of championships is Jeter. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the like. I think clutch. I well, think because, October. That's because the stats don't necessarily say he was one of the greatest ever. Well, he's got more hits than anybody than than five guys, six guys in the history yeah. of baseball. Yeah, actually, but he played, so. he played for a long time. I but I, but you know what I mean. But it, was he ever the best player? You know, and I, I think that's the question. The winning, the winning adds to his legend. It, uh, that I do not dispute. Like Derek. What if what did Derek finish with thirty four hundred hits? What did he, what was his exact number? Thirty four change, whatever it was. It was certainly it, you know top ten leaderboard. What what is it? Thirty what? Thirty four sixty five. Thirty four sixty five. What number is that all time? Is that fifth, sixth? I had to find that. Okay, I thought you had to list in front of you. So just below thirty five hundred. That is an immense amount of hits. Immense. Mm-hmm. But I have never, and nor should they, because it's not true. Nor should I've never one person say Derek Jeter's one of the most sixth, right? Thank you, Sue. Sixth. Derek Jeter's the, one of the most amazing hitters to ever, ever play baseball. He just no, got hits. Nobody says that. He just got hits. He got hits. You'll hear, of course, you know, Gwyn. Some people say Pete Rose. Some people say Rod Carew. Some people say Wade Boggs. Some people say Stan Musial. Um, some people will say Rogers Hornsby. Like, through history, we can pepper all the Napa Joy, however you say that guy's name, Napa, L-A-J-O-I-E, one of those old-timers. Like, you could, you can cite other people, Ted Williams, of course, but Derek is never, ever positioned by anybody that knows anything about baseball as one of the great hitters. And the, but he was. That was your point. He well, he no, he wasn't really. He more is about the. I, I look at Jeter, despite having thirty five hundred hits, as and the first thing that I see is a flash and array of October clutch moments. When I close my eyes and I think about Tony Gwynn, I see a one hop rocket the other way, like a surgeon. When I close my eyes and think Wade Boggs, that's out of being on the horse in 96 in the Bronx, and I was there for that night, I see him, you know, hitting a, a bullet base hit up the middle. When I see, well, I think Rod Carew, I just see him, you know, shooting a line drive double the other way. I, I, I don't really have one moment of Jeter as a hit. Hmm. It's more of the, the, like, the compilation of clutchness. If well, you, didn't you know what I mean? Well, did he run for 3,000? Well, yeah, that, that obviously off price, the home run was yeah. crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you start digging into But I, I still, I think Jeter clutch. I don't think Jeter a single moment. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, I can't speak for other Yankee fans. I don't know. Derek is is defined by by winning. And if that's what Volpe meant, he might be right. The game has changed. The finances have changed. Um, I don't know that he's wrong there. But I also, I see, I took away, and maybe Volpe didn't mean this, but what I took away was that combination of high-end character, mm-hmm. individual success, cl- like clear star, team success, humility, um, and I think it's going to be very hard to find that in every player now that reaches the majors fully grew up with social media. <laughs> There's nobody that grew up that was not exposed to that uh, if you're a 21-year-old kid now. That is almost all you know. And I think when you're that talented at something and it's been there from day one, unless you are that rare breed like Jeter, but he didn't have the social media. Yeah, He was just raised the right way. I don't know how you don't fall victim on some level to being a little cocky or a little less team-oriented than people in the past. He's I don't. Not, he's not going to get away with the things that people didn't see D- Derek Jeter do. And that, and that, and that's another huge part of it. Absolutely. No question. And then you got the resume, if you know what I mean. And nobody's... <laughs> yeah, nobody, but nobody saw it. You know it's resume. Nobody's it's all, it's hammering all that specu- resume. It's all speculative. Oh, my God. What a... Oof. Let's get Sid, who's up in Riverdale. What's going on, Sid? Hey, Chicky and Tierney, how are you guys? Hey, We're Sid. good, Sid. What's happening? Um, as far as Volpe, you know, comparing Jeter, um, it's really too early to tell how Volpe is going to turn out. Um, Jeter is only one Derek Jeter. You know, he never said anything wrong. He never got himself in any trouble or disrespected any of his teammates. And, um, you know, this is, this is a big thing for, for Volpe, and I really hope he makes it. Um, you know, so my thing is, is with all these new kids coming up is, so is this, the, is this the Yankee future you feel? It better be what, because what they think? have all of the, everything that they've done here, Sid has been based on the notion that these kids will deliver what most of the Yankees farmhands never deliver. And if yeah, that's not if the you case, really think about it yep. too. Hicks and Hicks and Donaldson are going to be gone. So what are you going to turn to if Cashman's not going to sign any big free agents, Machado or whoever else? Well, it's more like Hal. I mean, it's not the- Cashman; it's Hal. But yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. And With, yeah, you know, and one other thing I wanted to bring up. Remember the other week, you, last week, you mentioned about the free agents that Cashman has uh, failed. We forgot we forgot to mention one other one other pitcher. Now I don't know if he if he came up with the system or it was a Cashman signing. Who's this, Artie? Um, I said, pardon me. Who's this? Um, Aaron Aaron Small. He was Aaron eleven and zero, I believe. Aaron Small went. What do you have? 10, I think it was ten and zero that one year for the. He I don't think he was in a Yankee farm end. Uh, can you check that out? My my computer died for some reason. The electricity is like half dead here. My my laptop is dead. I'm plugged in and it's dead. It's weird. Um, uh, Aaron Small went ten and zero. Uh, Dove, you should remember that as the executive producer. <laughs> Ten and zero, I want to say Aaron Small was with the Yankees, but I feel as if he bounced around a lot. I know he bounced around. I don't think he was an original farmhand. What was his record? That was it. Ten and zero. He was ten and zero that season. Okay, so he was ten and zero. Uh, what about the teams prior to that? Like, give me. He was it, all over the place. I know he was, but like, who, who drafted him? Yanks didn't draft him. Did uh, the A's draft him? He came up with Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, then he went to Florida, then he went to Oakland. Yeah. 
and then Arizona, Florida, Jeez. Atlanta, actually, then Florida, then to the Yankees. And then he came back to the Yankees a second time, and he didn't do anything. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Aaron Small. Take this guy. I know, I know you were playing. You were busy. Yeah. But this guy came out of nowhere, and he was 10-0 and 0 as yeah, a look, Yankee. I'm looking at his statistics right now. Yeah, that's, I mean. And Aaron a legit Small. journeyman, too. Yes. Like, yeah. The guy was in the minors for years. Oh, it was a great story. I remember that. It was a great story in real time. It was so awesome. That was a great story. I mean, that's when the Yankees, it seemed like everything they did worked. You know, Sean Chacon, let's say, hey, he's going to be good for us. Get this guy, hey, this guy works. Oh, let's bring that. Hey, this guy worked out. Uh, and it wasn't so much just to, uh, to Sid's point about the Cashman discussion that we had last week. It wasn't so much about the free agent signings. My critique of Cashman have been the, the pitching acquisitions yeah. trades. I mean, that's been a disaster. Yeah, you're right, B. He's 33. Yeah. And he came to the Yankees. Absolutely. Oh. It's a great story. Yeah. 6'5", 200 pounds. Big boy. Meanwhile, it took him forever to get here. He was probably throwing 93 back then when 93 was a lot. And was an absolute stud in high school. And he was, like, probably the number four hitter in his town. And he, he could barely make the majors. <laughs> That's how hard it is to make it in the majors. Yeah. You know? No, that was a great story. Let me get uh, Mike, who's in Milford, PA. What's going on, Mike? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, how Mike. Are you? What's happening? Hey, good. Uh, just really, uh, I'll preface this by saying I am a lifelong Raiders fan. So I just think that, BT, I just think that you're really underestimating, the, you know, the talent of, of, of Derek Carr and his ability. I mean, if you really look at his stats from his, I mean, I, mean, I think he's thrown for between thirty five and 40,000 yards, his fourth quarter comebacks, his game-winning drives. Yep. And not only that, but he's had probably one of the worst three defenses in the league every single I've year that, that he's you know, Mike, played. let me ask you this. So, Mike, if I say sure. – if I say – Derek Carr is a really good quarterback, which, by the way, is what I've said many times here on the show. Am I still not giving him enough credit for your taste? What do you want me to say? He's I great. Think he, I think he's he, not No, great. I just think that he's – I just think that he's – honestly, I just think that he would – everybody's hoping for Aaron Rodgers, which, yeah, he's at, he's at another level, but he's also 40 years old. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I get it. I, I just think that – I think that Derek Carr going to the Jets – and I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a Raiders fan. Gotcha. I mean, I live close enough that I've gone to plenty of Jets fans because I love football – but that being said, I, I, I really, truly believe that Derek Carr can get you to where you guys need to go. Well, that's with why the he's defense, my... With the defense that you have. Yeah. Mike, that's why he's my second choice, no Mike. Doubt. That's why he's choice number two. You make it seem like I'm saying I want no part of Derek Carr. No, I just want Rodgers. If I can't get Rodgers, I want Derek Carr. <laughs> right. I, 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 th- I, I understand it. what you're saying. I think it goes back to also what, what, uh, what Tiki was saying before about – I think it was Tiki was saying about do you want somebody for six, seven, eight years or do you want yeah. somebody for two years? Yeah, or one. Who knows? Yeah, or one, it, if that, or he yeah. comes out of his dark shell and decides he wants to go. Well, it to, depends. I don't want eight years. I don't want eight years of Derek Carr if he's not going to get me to a Super Bowl. These are see. These are questions that we don't have the answer to now, and it's uh, it makes for a conversation that's interesting. But there's no definitive answer yet. Hmm. We don't know. We don't. But let's say. Listen, I'm not even going to think. Just off the top of my head. Rodgers comes here. He plays one year. He plays two years. He plays three years. Carr comes here. He's awesome. He's good. He's average. He gets hurt. Jimmy Garopp, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, there, there's, um, there's a baseline skill set. That's why I don't want Tannehill. Like, there's a cutoff point. And Derek Carr is clearly on the right side of the cutoff for me and all Jet fans. All I'm saying is, I want Rodgers. Mm. And until Rodgers tells me he doesn't want us, 
I'm going for Rodgers. Rodgers makes all the, all the sense for you because of what he can bring immediately because he's, he's ready. And wherever he goes, he'll be ready. What he can help you salvage potentially in Zach Wilson uh, because if Derek Carr comes here and you pay him a contract, a free agent contract to be here, the last thing you want is Zach Wilson beating him out in a year or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, you don't oh, want geez. Zach Wilson winning that job. So if Derek Carr comes here, you're, you're, Zach is gone. Like he's got to go someplace else. I and agree so, with that. And so Aaron Rodgers for your short-term victory, you know, quotient versus, and, and long-term potential rehab of Zach Wilson makes all the sense in the world. But the thing I've said since the beginning of the show today is I have zero indication then Aaron Rodgers wants to be a New York Jet, and it's hard to just wait on it when mm-hmm. you when you don't know. Well, now I'm sure they have some it, indication. That's pretty ironic. Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas probably has some indication. Mm-hmm. He's probably you know had an extensive conversation with Nathaniel Hackett about this. So there's got to be some inkling. Mm-hmm. But to us, to me, I, I I feel like I know zero about Aaron Rodgers' decision. Mm. Ryan's in Terrytown. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Hey, guys. I really appreciate you taking my call. Brandon, yes. about the G- bringing up Jeter, man, as a Mets fan, uh, he was unbeatable. And uh, sh- seeing him at the games, he had like a shield, an aura, shining gold silver around him, man. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. You couldn't beat him. So, But um, about bringing up Volpe, I mean, premature is an understatement, uh, you know, but I think he handled himself very well with the unfair question. Probably just the New York media trying to get a spin, trying to sell yeah. something here and there, and it's unfair to him, right? Yeah, well, why would you even ask him that question? I, I, get, I know what you're, I hear you, because I, I kind of think the same thing when you as you say that. It's like, why are you asking a kid about, Volpe, about Derek Jeter? I, of course, he every shortstop in New Jersey held every shortstop in the Northeast idled Derek Jeter like you want to be like that as a winner as a leader as the captain and to ask Volpe that question after as he's becoming at least trying to become the starting shortstop for the Yankees it's leading in a sense like you want him to say something that you can then criticize he handled it perfectly though he did he did and by the way Ryan, answer. thanks guys yeah, yeah, you Pleasure, man. You got, I mean it's not like you know, Volpe grew up in the mountains of Montana yes exactly. he gets it he gets he's, he's media savvy. Jersey he's definitely media savvy yep 877-337-6666 uh zoo which is who was released Taylor Luan of For the, the Titans. Tennessee Titans but he's a pretty good player I, I'd have to ch- I mean I'd have to check his PF not that it really ma- I mean it's I don't know. No, I don't know what's been having a lot of injuries. Uh, that's why I'm yeah. saying, like, he was awesome. And is it all derived out of finances? I mean, I I'm not watching Taylor Lewan tape, uh, but I'm initially very intrigued for both the Jets and Giants. Absolutely, he bro. can play a little bit. Yeah, his base salary was 15 million last this 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 coming season. BT. So well, they had a couple of good. Conklin's gone, right? Yeah. They, he's with the Brown. Uh, yeah. Conklin went to the Browns. They they. I mean, he's only 32, BT, so he's not old, but he, he has missed some time. He has, huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so, uh, all right, Zoo, you're going to have to make amends. That hideous pick that you gave us yesterday. Ugh. That uh, I co-signed. Ugh. We'll I think he doubled it. down. He made it a parlay even worse, right? Yeah, he only played two games last year, <laughs> Taylor won. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. Okay. That's what that is. Maybe get him on the cheap, you know? Yeah. So we'll get a uh, hopefully get a win here from Zoo, who was uh, way off with the soccer stuff yesterday. We got the pick of the day coming up. We'll get back to these calls as well. It's one twenty on the fan. Cartner Roberts coming up after us at two. Okay, picture this: 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Tiki and Tierney back on the face. Just moving along here. Uh, nothing big to talk about. Just possibly Aaron Rodgers coming to save us. Southern Net. Just uh, small stuff. Nothing big. Uh, 877-337-6666. Time now for a little action here. Hopefully it's a lot better than yesterday. Zoo, I love you. That was pitiful, dude. That was horrendous. It was a rough day. That was, was rough. It was as bad as it gets right there. But we make amends. The Teak and Tierney Daily Pick brought to you by Superbook Sports. Better odds, favorable prices by Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. And by Flag and Anthem. Real clothes, real life. Visit flagandanthem.com. Zoo, let's get it. Oh, yeah. All right. So yesterday was about, like we said, as bad as it gets, but we move on. It's mm-hmm. a new day. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're at that time of the year where there's, like, nothing going on in slim the sports pickings. world. Very slim pickings. That's why BT doesn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we're turning college our... College hoops. There's money to be made on college hoops. There is some money to be made on college do hoops. Do a little St. John's Georgetown tonight. I can't because I do it, but you could. But anyway, what do I, you have? We can in New York either, actually. That's true, too. So I didn't even see those come up. That's but, true. I am uh, going to the NHL. Okay. Like Hoff typically does. Mm. He's been pretty successful there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he has. Been. He's, been, <laughs> he's been all right. Uh, all right. So we're going to go over to UBS, Islanders, Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg is finishing up their long road trip on the East Coast. They've been in New York for like a week now, I think. I, they've just been so far away from yeah, home, and yeah. the Islanders need this one. Okay. I'm going Islanders minus one and a half, which is valued right now, plus 225. Oh, plus so, 225. I mean, listen, hey, the going. Islanders getting a lot of disrespect. It's time for them to start winning, make a playoff okay. run. Okay, all right. Rangers are doing it, Devils are doing it. Time for you guys to start winning. There you go. The uh, the puck gauntlet has been laid down by Big Zoo. Isles plus 225, minus a goal and a half. Let's get this chicken. I like that, actually. I kind of like that. 877-337-6666 is our number, and uh, 
as we jump out to Long Island, Bobby checks in on the fan. What's up, Bobby? Yes, Bob- hi, how are you? What's up, Bobby? We're good, Bob. Okay, uh, you're talking about Cashman. I mean, I mean, this guy hasn't developed any plays in 20 years, except for Judge and maybe Cano. Yeah, obviously Cano and maybe Cortez. He's, he's always done my tra- – you know, he hasn't even made any good trades. I mean, have anything to do with money. Um, I mean, just look at 2019. I mean, he didn't want to trade Andalar and Frazier for Cole which would have put the Yankees in the World Series. I mean, you know, you look at down the line, I mean, he hasn't traded for any good pitchers. He hasn't, the trades have been horrible. And, you know, if it wasn't for money, you know, I don't think you just, he wouldn't even be on the team. I mean, you know, he would have been gone, which would George after, you know, last year, I mean, you know, two years ago, I mean, as far as his development of players, he hasn't really developed any, if you, uh, except for a couple down, you know, in 20 years. Yep, yep. Well, that's, I think that's indisputable. I think that's part of the reason why Brian Cashman's taken a lot of heat. Now, more heat from us. Uh, Hal has just extended him. He's got a four-year extension, so he's not going anywhere. And uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I don't know. How, yeah. And I, I'm talking about Aaron Boone. I mean, this guy made three horrible moves in the playoffs last year. I don't know, one is fireable offense as far as I, I mean. Three the, with the bullpen putting in B-level relievers and Schmidt. And uh, then put in a couple of times in game up, excuse me, game four Cleveland series, which extended that game uh, one. Yeah, yeah. The base the base and, By the way, that that base hit up the middle in Cleveland. That was actually a really good pitch. That was a quality well, I mean, pitch. But, but how can you not have your top relievers in, in, in the game? I mean, you know, as far as and obviously the Jared Cole, like the Cole game, he put in Trevino. I I don't understand. That at all? I mean, I, I listen. You don't want to put you don't want to put Holmes in at least. Well, you don't want to take Cole out. At least put Holmes in there, which he should have been the, the two previous games. You had a couple no, of I, listen, Bobby. I, I can't. I can't listen. The season's over, man. I mean, we're on the new season. We're going to start talking about moves. I, I know. I just engaged you, and I said that it wasn't a bad pitch in, in against the Guardians. <laughs> but uh, come on, turn the page, as Bob Seger would say. Turn. You the have page. to at some point, right? You yeah, have I've to. turned it. And there's so many other things to worry about with the, especially with the Yankees right now, like figuring out who their shortstop is going to be. Who do you who do you guess? You would guess you'd say Peraza. You think he beats out? Yes, I think Peraza is the opening. That I think that Volpe is going to start in the minors. I wouldn't necessarily start him there, but I think he's going to start in the minors. Now, listen, if DJ gets hurt or something different, but I think it's going to be the open all right, opening day. I think we'll see Donaldson at third. Much to the chagrin of many. Uh, Peraza at short. Glaber at second. Rizzo at first. Uh, Trevino. Well, yeah, the the catcher. Yeah, Trevino. I'm just thinking about the DH spot. Uh, DJ, there's a good chance DJ doesn't play. Now, a couple opening days ago, DJ did not play. Last opening day, Glaber Torres did not play. Uh, I think if DJ's healthy, he's getting a lot of at-bats because they'll bounce him around between first, second, and third, and DH. But I, I could see DJ sitting opening day. I could see that. And then Hicks, Bader, <coughs> Judge. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stanton is the DH. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, really, if, if they're smart, I don't think they really care how we'll react, but if they're in tune at all, mm-hmm. not that you want to run the, the team this way because that's not, that's not how you run a team, but if they're aware from a, like a PR perception – you start Stanton in the in the outfield. If you're going to really give him some reps in spring training, start him in the outfield on opening day, so you don't have to introduce Hicks. And then who DHs? DJ? Maybe DJ at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe who DHs? Then, well, maybe. Well, I was going to say you could put Donaldson at DH, but he's actually a really good fielder. If he's going to play, he may as well pick it mm-hmm. at third. 
Uh, you know, I well, mean, this is the uh, this is why you need Stanton as the option in the outfield because I don't forget Rizzo, who they re-signed. He's had it, it, the back issue is not. I don't think is bad. This we don't know what it's going to be, mm-hmm. but if he does need a day, you need him to be able to DH and not have to play the field. Then you put DJ at first, and then and then Rizzo can DH right, but Stanton's got to play then. So yes, yeah. I mean, the I, narrative around Stanton playing is that, and this is what Boone said, and I guess Stanton kind of backed it up. Like sitting around in the dugout, like trying to get swings in the back of the, you know, back of the dugout is it's it's harder. It's easier to stay healthy if you're playing, which is counterintuitive. But <laughs> that's what they're saying. This John Carlos Stanton will stay healthier if he plays more. Like, I mean, I guess there's some merit to that. Instead of sitting around and just getting up and swinging four times a you know an, an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're more susceptible certainly to muscle strains and pulls when you're intermittently thrown into uh mm-hmm. an explosive movement. So there's yeah, I get go it. Go run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think there's value. I I understand when they say that like, you know, theoretically if he's in the outfield nine innings and he's even if he's out there eight, you do a little defensive replacement mm-hmm. late. You, he jogs out and he jogs on, jogs off. Gets his four at bats, you know, goes eighty five percent on the bases that he should be okay. But that's that's if you're predisposed to health. He's not, mm. so I don't think it matters. I really don't. I yeah. think he could play fifteen games in the outfield, get hurt on the bases. He could play eighty games in the outfield, get hurt yeah. in the outfield, well, running after a ball. Those are just their talking points right now. Correct. Okay, I mean, it's the beginning of spring training, so they can say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's the talking point now on why Giancarlo Stanton is going to play more in the outfield. Yeah, and by the way, Tink, it doesn't matter what they say now. It's what they do when it matters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Hicks will be on the team when it matters. I've said that. And if he is, he's not playing. And if he is playing, that means he's having a good season. So I guess you don't mind at that point. Uh, I do think Donaldson's going to be here. And I, this is not a popular opinion, but I hinted at this one. I think Donaldson's going to have a good season. I thought he was going to play well last year, and I was yeah. wrong. And I owned it. Um, I think what happened to Donaldson, I really believe this, because he took so, he was he's always been a guy who swings from his heels anyway, mm-hmm. like this vicious uh, attack approach, which I which I like. But when he didn't get off to a great start, especially here, uh, he felt it, all right? And then he tried to win the adulation of, of us with a 500-foot bomb. And when you swing, it's one thing to try to swing with power, another thing to try to rip down the fence. <laughs> and I think his mechanics were so out of whack, you definitely lose a little bat speed, so you start early, which means what? You're more susceptible to the soft stuff, yep. change-ups and sliders. Um, I, I just think he's going to be a more productive player. I really do. I do. I, I know that Boone, that's a talking point as well. Yeah. Until proven otherwise, that's one that I actually think comes true. Well, I mean, it has to because the back end, as we always keep talking about, this lineup just it gets it gets dead after six. So it just you have to have you have to have Donaldson hit, right? Just at least a modicum of it. Not even you know, be an all star again because he's old. What is he? Thirty seven. Yeah, he's thirty seven. Just yeah. hit two fifty. Exactly. Give me, me twenty three, twenty four bombs. Have an OPS of seven eighty and play great defense and play great defense and we're fine for one more year. Then we'll, you be, go. we'll be happy with you. Yeah, we 100%. will be. I think I need our Knicks back here, man. I need our New York Knicks back. I need them. You're starving for basketball? Yeah, man. The Knicks were playing well. I want to get them back on the court. Let's go. This is too long of a break. Yeah. What's going on It feels on like here? it takes forever. Ugh. Friday against the Wiz. So, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the Nets do the rest of the way. You know, Vaughn gets the extension. I'll tell you, it, all the times that we've tried to, and I remember this goes back to 
you know, the whole Fugazi thing with, with Tim Thomas. I mean, what was that, 03, 04, whatever the year was, I don't know. They all blend together at this mm-hmm. point. But all the years we've tried to manufacture rivalries between the Knicks and the Nets, right? You know, even back in the day with Ewing and Derek Coleman, like, we were just better than them. We played them in the first round in the 90s, 90, maybe 92, 93, beat them fairly handily. Um, yeah, they, they, Knicks were just better. And obviously with Jason Kidd, they were just better than us. And they had Kevin Durant and they had Kyrie, so they had more talent than us. All the times we tried to, like, like stuff this rivalry down everybody's throat, this might actually be the organic development <laughs> of a pretty fun Knicks-Nets rivalry based on the two rosters. Yeah, and especially be, and, and where they're sitting right now. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. But it's not like nobody's sitting here saying, all right, when is Kyrie going to, you know, get whacked out again mm-hmm. and leave? Or, you know, is Kevin Durant going to stay here long term? Or... You know, this guy's 33 years old on the Knicks. And, you know, like, like, like say if Derrick Rose was playing big minutes, yeah, much respect to D. Rose, but say if D. Rose was playing a lot and the Knicks had the same record, it's a different energy because it's short term. Like, you look at Brunson, 26. Look at Randall, 28. Look at, you know, I'm not a big Barrett fan, but look at Barrett, 23 years old. Look at Mitchell Robinson, mid-20. They're all young. Grimes is young. McBride is young. These kids are young. Hart's relatively young. Look at the Nets. They're young. So the Knicks and the Nets could actually be... Playing some, um, you know, fun, meaningful, I don't mean championship rounds, but maybe we got a couple of first-round battles the next couple of years. That'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, you could see that happen. I mean, yep. there's a good chance. I mean, not a good chance, but unless they both catch Cleveland, they could end up in the 4-5. Right? That's right. <laughs> Which would be awesome. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be, I mean, that would be low-key awesome. Yeah, it would. First round of the playoffs. Probably in in New York the way it sits right now, not in Brooklyn. Oh, but it would you don't have to leave; <laughs> you just stay in the state. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, if the game was in Brooklyn, remember when Dolan was on with Cartner Roberts about yes. a month ago, yes. a couple weeks ago? Yes. And uh, I think it, I don't know if Craig asked somebody, Evan or Craig asked him about what what he thinks of the Barclays venue. Mm-hmm. And Dolan's like, I've never been there, <laughs> and, and they were both incredulous. And I was pretty. I, I heard it live. I was in my car. I'm like, how, do, how, do you ne- how have you never been to the venue? And he said, maybe he'll go during a playoff game. Hmm. So there we go. Next to the Nets in the uh, in Barclays Center, Dolan will go. You know? Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter to me if he goes or not. As long as the yeah. Knicks are playing, I really don't care where he goes. But I found it interesting that he hasn't not been to Barclays. Don't you think you'd want to kind of check it out just as um, – I don't know, professional yeah, you curiosity. Kind of would think that just at some point something would have yeah. like brought him over there. Because it's not just a I'm assuming he wasn't there for a basketball game, but he's probably it's not like he's never been there for anything. Concerts Concert, or didn't you whatever. see Jay Z there New Year's Eve years ago? Yeah. You did, did, right? Yeah, when it first uh when it when they first opened it. Yeah, Barclay's been open a minute now. Ten years, huh? Ten years? It has been. Definitely. I was, I was watching yeah. this thing on the subway. Or this thing on the uh, social media somewhere where Jay Z took the subway out there for one of his concerts, and this lady he was sitting beside didn't know who he was. Oh, really? How long ago? A while. This was, was it was right when the Barclays Center opened. Oh, so that's when was, the subways were still fairly safe. Yeah, so he was going out there for the uh, for the concert, and this and he's just like, "What are you doing?" She's like, oh, "I got to you know, I'm performing <laughs> over at the Barclays." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was kind of cool. And then then when he, he finally told her her name, she was like, "Oh, I know Jay Z." <laughs> She probably said, she's, oh, oh, Jason, nice to meet you, Jason. <laughs> let's get, uh, let's see here. I'm going to go to Ross, who's up in Albany on the free Odyssey app. What's up, Ross? Hey, how are you guys doing today? What's We're up, good, buddy? Ross. What's up, man? 
Uh, Tiki, just want you to know we miss you sorely up here at Albany and all the times you guys uh, had your practices and then you went to across the street pubs, Simon's oh, yeah. Plaza, Crunchgate oh, Mall. It was, it was great up there. There was nothing else to do, yeah. so we just kind of hung out. Yeah, we, we really miss you guys. But anyway, my call was about, uh, you were talking just a little while ago about the Yankee lineup. And, uh, of course, one of, my, one of the guys I thought that had really come on strong last year, and even in the minors before they brought him up, was Oswaldo Cabrera. Yep. And uh, I'm thinking, and, of course, one man's opinion here, that if he has a really good spring, you might see him in left field. Possible. Maybe. Very Maybe. possible. But it sounds like just from listening, and again, they haven't done anything. They haven't played a game yet. They haven't really seen anything yet. They're they're making it out as Aaron Hicks is. It's his job to lose. They want him to be successful because they committed to him. But he's got to find his form again, both offensively and defensively, um, because Cabrera looked good out there last year, and he had zero experience playing left field, and it didn't look like he was, you know, didn't look like he was lost. Right. He, yeah. I mean, obviously he could improve, but it didn't look like he was lost out there in left field. No, he had really good instincts. I was actually really surprised. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, I mean, to, to have both, like line drives hit at you. I mean, a pop fly is easy at that level. Anybody's going to catch a pop fly, you know, ground ball, charge it, not dissimilar to playing the infield. He's got the, he's got a good arm. He's got pretty quick feet. But to me, the toughest play is the ball that's, that's a liner. And it's tough to decipher. All right. Is this thing dropping? And I mean the bullet, like exit mm-hmm. below 105, 107, you know, that, that bull hit on the screws. Because your first instinct, your first natural inclination as a defender is always to take a step in. Yeah. Always. And whether it's Willie Mays or Griffey or Devon White or any other great center fielder defensively, Paul Blair, um, you can't outrun a baseball. So if that mm-hmm. initial step is in, you're cooked. And he really showed uh, not only patience, but I, I like acumen and instincts out there for a kid who's never played. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. I, yeah. I, I agree. I was very impressed with him out there. That's what you call ball player. That's right. <laughs> he just gets it done. That's right. He is. He is absolutely a ball player. I'm a fan. Let's get Tony on Staten Island. Tony is on the fan. What up, Tone? Hey, Jess. How are you? Hey, Tony. I'm good, man. Hey, all right, Josh Donaldson. I didn't call for him, but uh, I hope you know, he's not my favorite. Listen, 250, 25 home runs, 800 OPS. He needs to also run the bases like a professional baseball player. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. You know, he's got to stop posing. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about him again. But uh, you know, unfortunately, we have to talk about Rogers. And you guys said a statement before that caught my ear. It's, he, he brings what we need or what the Jets need, and I believe he brings you know discontent and and disorganization and uncertainty. And I think to give up a draft pick and and, and stock uh, for him assuming he's here for two years, and then all of a sudden he wants to be here for one year. That's not what the Jets need, you know? And um, I think it's a terrible mistake. And I think, I, I, you know, uh, the other thing is, I think assuming that he's not going to be traded to the NFC, is that is that fair to say? Yeah, it's pretty that's fair. What that's yep. what they're saying, right. I think even it's though stupid, we don't agree. So, so yeah, so listen, he, you know, if he's, look, look, if AFC is a target, I don't think the Jets are Super Bowl ready right now. You know, you want to talk maybe about Miami or, or a team like um, – you know, uh, whatever, you know, Jacksonville, I know they have a quarterback, you know, whatever, you know, maybe the Colts, right? They may be not that far away. The Colts? Their infrastructure. I, listen, they, need, listen, they actually have some talent. Wait, they the, actually so do have the some Jets. Talent. The infrastructure. Yeah. The infrastructure I, I would say the Jets fair. have more talent, but yeah, keep going. Okay. Okay. Fair. But he, you know, he does hold the power because, listen, if uh, he, if it's Green Bay comes to him and says, well, we're we'll, we'll trading you to the Jets, and he says, well, I'm going to retire. 
Does he not hold on? Well, Tony, this is you're hitting on something really important here. Thanks for the call. And I said this a while ago. I, th- I think everybody has messed this up. Every well, not everybody. Most people have said Packers have the leverage. They got Aaron by the short ones. No, he doesn't. No, no, they don't. Because all that has to happen is this, uh, Aaron. We've traded you to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, tell them I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, See ya. Uh, Atlanta. We have to rescind the deal. He's not going to play. Uh, Aaron, we have traded you to. The uh, Carolina Panthers, well, that's nice, but I'm not going to show up. Uh, Carolina, can I speak to Mr. Tepper? We have to rescind the trade. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers has full power here, and everybody needs to realize that. Packers have no juice. None. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes down to it. I mean, but it sounds like this is amicable, and whatever ultimately Aaron Rodgers decides to do, the Packers seem to be amenable to getting it done. So it's almost like it's collaborative after a couple of years, a couple of off seasons, I should say, of being combative. Like Aaron was pissed off for a little bit, and then he was like dismissive and didn't show up. Now it feels like, hey, we're going to do what's right or do what's best for both parties, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, I, I you know, this is um... God, I find this so interesting because. It's very rare. It's almost now, obviously, LeBron was very young when this was going down. The free agent frenzy. Like, yeah, I do admit, those Jet fans who want Rodgers, who are all in on Rodgers, and I'm one of them, as you know, Teague. Mm-hmm. Yep, I might be setting myself up for massive disappointment. Yeah. I'll, I'll own it. I, I just think for something like this that comes around so infrequently, you, you, you've you got to put yourself in a, in a position to get him and to not do that uh full court press and full court press obviously means you have to impress upon him what why you're worthy of his presence but also not committing to anybody before he commits one way or the other and there's a couple of trap doors here and there's a chance the jets fall through one and everything's messed up i don't think that's going to happen but it's uh, your partner might be setting himself up for a really rough couple of days on the air, buddy. Yeah, no, I think you are. <laughs> That's why I say. But I don't the, worry about Derek Carr. That's what hey, most you worry important. about, Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr. Ah oh, man, Tannehill back to pass. <laughs> oh, it's off Moore's tips. Picked off. <laughs> Here's Baker flush for the pocket. He's looking for Conklin. Oh, he overshoots him. He had a step two. Jeez. <laughs> Here's Brissett. And he's sacked. It's on the turf. Have fun the with that, BT. <laughs> see you, brother. Yeah. Tiki, I'll see you soon, buddy. Tiki's like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to let him practice his play-by-play, but I'm going to leave. <laughs> That's what he just did. I got to practice to get in that Yankee booth. All right? Here's the pitch to Rizzo. Brick foul. All right, Cartner Roberts coming up next. Have an awesome Wednesday. Take it out back tomorrow at 10. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 